Welcome back to the Hollis Guy Podcast. We are your host, Steven. And Kyle. And thank you for tuning in with us today, and thank you for telling all your weird friends about us, because that's what we need you to do. For sure. I agree. Today, Kyle's got some dope Bigfoot encounters we're going to talk about, but first and foremost, we have to get through all the business, so uh, check us out at all the social medias. You know the drill. They're all in the show notes and on the link tree. Go check them out and come and hang out with us. If you have a paranormal experience that you'd like to share for a future episode, Kyle's going to let you know how to do it. You can check the show notes. It's all in there. The phone number's in there anyways, and then you can use any type of recording device and then take that file, put it in an email, and then shoot it to the email, which is hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. And hopefully we get to it in the near future, put it on the show, talk about it, and see what everybody else thinks about it. We've been having a lot of really good responses from the community with some of these submissions that we've had. So it's been getting pretty interesting here of late. For sure. We, um, what was I going to say? Forget. Oh, there's tons of ways to support the show. You can check out the show notes again. We got a Venmo. We've got a Patreon. If that's what you're interested in, the best thing you could do is share us word of mouth. Tell your friends, share the show on social media. Just get the word out there. Another way that you can support us is going to wherever you listen to us, your podcatcher, and leaving us a rating and review, five stars preferably. And if I find that rating and review, I will shout you out on a future episode. We're still going through some of our uh, English friends, so we are going to go with that. This is uh, from our friend Dave in Edinburgh. He says, five stars, outstanding podcast. These guys are the nuts. I stumbled across them last year and have been hooked ever since, patiently waiting on every episode. The latest episode on Stardust Ranch was freaking awesome. I want to go samurai some grays now. Peace out. Stay weird. Well, Dave, if you want to go samurai some grays, we're here for it. That's right. And Kyle, we're we're basically ninjas. Yeah, and if we can't make it, right. just be sure to wear a GoPro and send us the footage. Oh, yeah. And this kind of lets you know how far back we are on our five-star rating and reviews. It is the best problem to have, but I am chucking through them, I promise. Our listener experience of the day is up next. Let me find it real quick, like. It comes to us from our friend Amanda. She says, creepy experience at Waverly Hills Sanatorium. It says, hi, y'all. I recently stumbled upon your podcast and fell in love. Y'all are seriously amazing and have taken your rightfully deserved spot at the top of my podcast favorites. Normally, I avoid t- TV shows and podcasts on Waverly Hills Sanatorium, mostly just because I'm from Kentucky and heard most of it before. But I wanted to hear what y'all had to say on it, and I was quite surprised hearing something I'd never heard before, something that gave me cold chills all over, something that compelled me to write in and tell you about the traumatic experience that happened to me at Waverly Hills Sanatorium. About 14 years ago, my friends and I took the overnight at Waverly Hills tour. Back then, back then it was awesome. We only paid $50 a person. We had to bring our own flashlights, took as many photos as we wanted, had a tour guide show us the basics of the building, then we were on our own to explore it till morning. You come in, you come into a tour like this amped up and it's in anticipation and also a sense of fear. But after many hours of walking down hallways that look the same and walking around all the rooms that were in ruins and nothing at all happening, I lowered my guard. I became comfortable thinking it was just going to be a quiet night and the spirits weren't in the mood to play. I actually got tired and hoped that the tour would wrap up because it was nearing the wee hours of the morning. That's when my group of five, not counting myself, decided we should go ahead and go downstairs to explore until it was time to leave. So we made our way down to the first floor. As we walked around, we eventually found ourselves down a long hallway that was different than the rest. With one friend in front of me and one friend behind me, close enough I could reach out and touch him, the other two friends were lagging behind but could still be heard. And as we walked down this hallway, I was passing by a room and I got the urge to look inside. I pointed my flashlight and my head in to take a quick glimpse around, but when I looked back, my friend in front of me wasn't there. I was puzzled at where she could have went so fast. I turned to ask my friend behind me, but he wasn't there either. I called out his name, but everything was quiet. Confused as hell, thinking that my group had been playing a prank on me, I stood in the dark looking back and forth trying to figure out where everyone went. But that's when it sunk in. I was all alone. 
And when I realized this, I immediately panic set in. I became really frightened and just started running down the hallway in the direction where I came from. I was just, I just kept running until the hallway turned into a big room and that room led into another room. And eventually I ran right smack into a person from another group. I grabbed the guy and wouldn't let him go. I was so frightened that I couldn't form any words. This group seen that I was lost all alone and noticeably upset. So they took pity on me and let me join together to, so we could leave. My group was the last to come down because they, along with the tour guide, were all searching for me. When they seen me again, they almost looked mad, asking, where are you? We've been looking for you the last hour and a half. I told them, I followed you all downstairs, and that's when they told me they had never left the third floor. I imagine the mind fuck that they left me on, or imagine the mind fuck that that left me in, along with all the questions I had. I've only told a handful of people about this over the years, because the thought, the thought of something mimicking my friends and leading me away to get me all alone in the dark has always scared the hell out of me. I always have wondered what I had follow me that night so many years ago. It wasn't until you guys mentioned the claims of double walkers that it made more sense. So thank you both for all that you do. Thanks for shedding light into my creepy experience. And thanks for taking the time to read my letter. I hope you all do make it to Waverly Hills one day. Just be careful who you follow while you're there. Well, first off, thanks, Amanda, for taking the time to write in and for all the kind words. It's it's so humbling hearing people just be awesome and enjoy the content that we put out. Agreed. And that is terrifying. Very. First off. Very. I, I don't know. It's, it's so crazy thinking that they're actually possibly entities that could mimic the people that you're there with and what nefarious purposes would they have to try to get you away from your specific group i have uh some work friends that are getting ready to go do an overnight at waverly hills i don't know how much it's changed since when you were there but i'm hoping they have some wild stuff happen not too wild just wild enough so they can Write in and let us know. Well, her experience would be terrifying enough. Yeah. Because at first you think no different of it. You know, you're just following your buddies and then you get lost. You're like, well, you know, shit happens. It's whatever. I must have just, they must have took a corner too fast. And then you exit out of there and they're pissed at you. And then they tell you that they never left the third floor. And you're like, oh, Lord. Yeah, just to be that comfortable for that long to f- to follow who you think is your friends all the way from the third floor down to the first floor and having them so close that you could you could hear them, you could reach out and touch them, and then realizing, Gross. no, no, there's nobody there at all. Yeah, that's that's terrifying. That's unsettling, to say the least. And I'm like her. I would not like finding out that I am all by myself in that place. No, that'd be the worst. Oh man. I just, I just, I'm not a fan of splitting up because I've seen enough horror movies where that goes drastically wrong every (laughs) single time, every time, every single time. And I'm just not doing it. I'm not about that life. So if you're trying to go (laughs) ghost hunting with me and you think you're going to leave me in a room by myself, not happening. Sorry. I will, I will, Tie myself to you if I have to. Well, that's a good approach. And that way, if I fall down, you have to drag me. Right through the body chute. Hey, if it's going to get me out of there and I don't have to put much work in, eh, I'll accept it. Valid. Valid. See, I'm a man with a plan. <laughs> I do hope to make it there eventually. I don't, like I said, I don't know how much the tours have changed, but I would like to kind of be able to go and have sort of a free reign. To look around, that would be pretty awesome. Someday, hopefully, the Hollow Sky crew will be there. So thanks again, Amanda, for taking the time to send your experience in. It's wild. I hope whatever was there stayed there. But moving on, we are headed into some Bigfoot encounters Kyle has compiled. Yeah, we haven't talked about old big feats in a minute. Too wicked. That's right. That was a good drawing, by the way. I really enjoyed that. It's it's probably going to be our mascot. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at that. No. But getting into these Bigfoot encounters here. Uh they were taken from the book Bigfoot Encounters. Uh Not just a clever name. I think that's what it was called. If it's not, I apologize. I'll correct it at some point. 
But this first story involves a kid named Drew, and he was leaving school one day and ran into his buddy Ernie in the parking lot. Drew was walking around Ernie's ride, which was the 67 Impala Super Sport. And he he kept this thing clean. There wasn't a dent on it, no scratches. It was was flawless. But Drew noticed that there was a few dents on the driver's door and the front fender. Which, like I said, was not normal for Ernie. So Drew's like, hey man, what, what happened to your ride? Like, you don't ever get dents and shit in your car. And Ernie was like, dude, me and the old lady, we were up at the overlook when all of a sudden some homeless people started throwing rocks at us. Drew was like, that that's weird, man, because I've never heard of any homeless person up at the point, regardless the fact that I've never heard of any homeless people in the county ever. So Drew, you know, being the homie that he is, he decided he was going to go put on for his dude. He gathers up a few of the boys and every Friday night for over a month, they drive to the overlook waiting for these assholes to start throwing rocks at his car. Drew said every Friday we were there with flashlights and bats. And when we caught them, they were going to get their ass beat or no, get their ass whooped. Good quote (laughs) whooped. Good. So the first two Fridays, they waited up there for about three hours and nothing happened other than a cop rolling up asking what they were doing. The third Friday, it was pouring rain, and they decided after about an hour that no homeless people or anyone else would be out in the pouring rain, so they decided to call it a night and head home. That fourth Friday, though, shit started popping off. They were sitting there hanging out, with the radio super low, there was a station wagon parked not fr- far from them. It was it was super dark dark that night because it was a moonless night. After about an hour, they started to hear noises coming from the station wagon. It sounded like stones hitting the metal hood. Then they heard a girl start screaming, which really brought things to life. Drew heard someone start to yell, there's something standing there with glowing red eyes. So the boys jumped out, they mobilized, they got their bats and their flashlights ready to go. All the boys headed straight for the trees. Drew was the first one in. When his light hit something standing roughly 20 feet away, it was a silhouette of a massive creature with glowing red eyes. The other boys pointed their lights at it as well, and neither side moved a muscle. It was pretty much a standoff at this point. Then... All of a sudden, the creature flexed like it was some type of bodybuilder and simply turned and walked into the woods. When the boys got back to the car, the people in the station wagon asked, you know, what what was out there? What did you guys see? Of course, they started in, you know, being young kids. It was a fucking monster, a creature from hell. But regardless, Drew said it was at least eight feet tall and as wide as the back of his car. Damn. Not long after this, they ran into the cop who they had run into several nights before. So they explained to him what happened, and the cop was more or less being dismissive, but he's like, you know what? Let's go back and have a look if you boys aren't afraid. So they all pull up to the spot. The cop hits the surroundings with his floodlight before anyone gets out of their car. They don't see anything, so they all get out. Then the boys take him to where they had seen this monster. The cop says, well, shit, maybe you boys ain't crazy after all. Because where the cop's flashlight was pointing was giant, a giant footprint. The cop took out his club and laid it next to the print, saying the footprint was at least 20 inches long and 8 inches wide. The cop told them, well, that definitely isn't a bear track, and whatever the print belongs to definitely has a body to match it. And then after this, the story pretty much ends with Drew. He he ends up moving away years later, and from what he understands, nothing has happened in that area since. Where where was he OG from? Where did the story take place? Uh, I don't know for sure. 
I don't think it says. Because I was just, as you were reading through, I was listening and looking up. Apparently, red-eyed Bigfoot is not a uh, uncommon thing. Yeah, I've heard it several times. It seems to be kind of like an East Coast phenomenon from what I'm seeing here. Like, New Jersey has a, a specific Bigfoot called Big Red Eye. Okay. That people see, he's looking through people's windows, chasing people. It, he's always accompanied by weird like moans and screaming sounds, and his his most prominent features are his glowing red eyes. There was also an encounter earlier this year, probably about six months ago, where there was a video of some massive creature with this weird red eye shine that came from uh, the Bigfoot researchers of the Hudson Valley. Um, if I think about it, I will post the video on our social medias, but it's it's weird that this red eye shine is kind of a common thing on the East Coast, which, I mean, you also have the Mothman out there. True. Who is said to have had red eyes as well. But I just thought it was... Him talking about the red eyes and it kind of linking up with all this other stuff was interesting. So the next story is pretty interesting. It would be wild to have this one happen to you. Um, this story comes out of Massachusetts and it involves a husband and wife, Wilfredo and Helena Gomez. It makes me think of Alfredo. Wil- Wilfredo is a pretty, pretty dope name. Yeah. It has texture. I'm going to change my name to that. Okay. I'm not changing mine to Helena, so sorry. Steve Fredo. <laughs> I like it. It's got, it's got a good ring to it. <laughs> so anyways, one night on the way home, Wilfredo and Helena noticed a semi pulled off the road up the way with its flasher on, flashers on. You know, nothing uncommon. They slow down and notice a lot of blood on the ground and pieces of truck scattered all across the road. Once they get closer, they notice a large body on the side of the road, which they thought was a moose or a bear. So Wilfredo stopped and got out. He noticed the driver was still in the truck. So he hops up on the running boards, taps on the window, and is like, hey, dude, hey, man, is, is everything all right? The driver was sitting there with his head in his hands, and it took a little bit for him to respond. R- Wilfredo tells his wife to call the police when the driver started to speak up and the driver tells him, I just ran over a damn Bigfoot running across the road, chasing a doe. Wilfredo's like, what the fuck did you just say? So the driver repeats it and adds, I just trashed my damn truck. So Wilfredo jumps down and goes to the front of the truck and notice how the entire grill front bumper and hood were basically buckled in. The headlight and left front fender were trashed, and it was also leaking a lot of antifreeze. So Wilfredo, at this point, could hear the sirens in the distance as the trooper and the ambulance approached. Then another trooper and ambulance showed up as well. The first trooper jumped up and talked to the driver. The driver hopped out, and they started chatting while Wilfredo and the second trooper started to walk behind the truck roughly 300 feet to where this body was laying on the side of the road. When they got within 15 feet, the trooper's light hit what was described by Wilfredo. And I'll quote, I saw the blackened face of a gorilla type beast with blood pouring out of its mouth. I actually saw one of its eyes blink and its hand move slightly. I knew immediately that this was no moose or anything else that is known to be in these woods. It was exactly as the driver had said. He crashed into a Bigfoot. The trooper ordered Wilfredo to walk back to his truck at this point. As soon as he got there, the trooper fired three rounds into the creature, basically putting it down. Wilfredo could hear what the driver was explaining to the medic. He said that he thought he was going to hit the deer, so he started to... He swerved to avoid it and had the brakes locked up and basically... What was going to miss the deer, but out of nowhere, this Bigfoot runs into the path of the truck and he just smokes it. The driver also wasn't wearing a seatbelt, which is why when he hit Bigfoot, it threw him forward into his own windshield, busting up his head. 
Story gets a little weirder, but in a very expected way. So Wilfredo hops in the car with his wife. They drive home. On the way, she asks what the hell was going on. So he explains everything to her. And he's like, I wonder if this is going to hit the news tonight. The next day, they sat by the TV all day long, waiting for the story to drop, and nothing does. So the next day, Alfredo calls the news station and asks, you know, what's up? Like, I this is what we ran into out on the highway. And the person who was on the other end of the phone was just like, uh, I don't have a clue what you're talking about here. So he sits and explains it to them. At You know, at this point, they know... It's going to hit the news. Wilfredo and, and his wife. But guess what? No reports at all. They checked everything that week. The TV, the papers, radio, and nothing was ever said about that night. That sounds pretty part of the course. Right. That's why I said it, it was kind of interesting, but expected. Not that shock. No. Shocking, that means like... that it got covered up. You hear that all the time. Um, there's a story. I don't know if we touched on it in a previous Bigfoot episode, but I might go back and do an entire episode on it. But when uh, Mount St. Helens erupted, they said that there was whole communities of Bigfoot that were uh, wiped out. I think I don't know if we have, I don't know if we've talked about that or not. I know you and me have talked about it. And yeah, and that they brought in cleanup teams to transport the bodies completely off of the mountain without people knowing. I believe that. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the impact of there being proof positive that Sasquatch is real, 100% real, like there's no doubt, it impacts so many, so much of our way of life. You know what I mean? Not just morally speaking, but like the economic impact that you have another primate living in the forest like... That impacts your forestry industry. Yeah. That in that that sets off a whole a whole domino effect of stuff that's gonna be impacted. Yes and no. Like I see it from the other end of the spectrum. I just look at it like, well, I mean, it ain't fuck with me all these years. Yeah, but I mean, like like what I'm saying is you you already have so many like say the forestry the forest industry for example you already have so much stuff like cut off as as preservation areas and stuff oh yeah gotcha gotcha so if you have a whole new species out there and especially a species that's so close to human yeah i guess that would beg the question like do they have rights yeah do you, you know, like, like do you allocate like these are their lands we're not allowed to go yeah, through here yeah I don't know. That's a good question. It, it brings up a whole bunch of a whole bunch of gray areas that it almost seems like the powers that be just don't want to fuck with. You know, like yeah. we're just gonna keep sweeping it under the rug so we don't have to deal with this shit. Well, and the right out of the gate, you know what's gonna happen. You're gonna have a whole lot of people wanting to mount one of them bodies on their walls. Yeah. So that aspect of it, I don't blame them keeping it a secret because yeah. there's gonna be a lot of people that do. They try. They will try to hunt those things. Yeah, it makes like. It makes you wonder where that where that body went. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm sure clearly it went to some the officer facility put it out of its misery. Yeah. So you'd think there'd have to be a police report floating around somewhere, unless his superiors are like, you know what? No, don't even don't even put pen to paper on this. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Uh. This next story here involves a Danny Ames, and he lived in California in 1979. He had two large grows, a.k.a. pot fields. Hey. Danny explains how... Classic Danny. Right. He was doing well for himself. He would usually get about 500 pounds of weed and could flip it for about 100 to 150K. Damn, Danny. Yeah, he's out there making bank. So, this particular year, things were a little bit different. It was around August, and he realized one of the grows had been compromised. Danny set up traps, and these traps would be triggered, but nothing in them. 
Danny was worried about the, the law and if they were snooping around his property, so he decided it was time to move locations. He knew that the cops would generally wait to catch the growers in the act, so they would lay in wait until the right time. Danny's like, nope, these dudes ain't catching me. I'm skipping, I'm skipping out. I'm going to find a new place. So the following week, Danny gets a hold of a pilot. Says, hey, man, I'm looking for some new hunting grounds. Would you want to fly me around? The guy agrees. They head out north of where his current grill was. Danny found a few locations he was interested in and marked them down on his map. Add another week, and Danny and his buddy, Terry, started to hike to the new location. Danny explained how this hike was absolutely terrible. He said he's never been through brush, brush so thick. They kept losing their bearings because they couldn't see where they were going. The brush was about a foot taller than them. So you figure the average guy is roughly about six feet. Brush is anywhere from six and a half to seven and a half feet tall. When they finally came to the, a clearing, there was a large living tree with about 20 or more dead trees leaning against it like a teepee. Now the radar is pinging. It didn't make sense. They figured there wouldn't be anyone else coming out here just to make this because of how treacherous the path was. And they obviously didn't just fall and land like this. But the guys kind of brushed it off because not far from this location, they found the perfect grow spot. They devised a plan and said we'd cut a path about 100 feet into this brush that way, no one will stumble onto their path. So they had to walk through at least 100 feet of bullshit to get to their actual path. Also, nothing that most people would avoid, or knowing most people would avoid this place. So the guys began their new grow, and it was doing really good. They had everything they needed there. The soil was super fertile. They could catch enough rainwater to water the plants. Danny noted how the soil was super soft in this area, which made it great for planting. So after about four weeks of tending to the grow, they decided one day to survey the rest of the landscape in the general area. They start wading through the brush and venture about four miles to the north when they found another tree structure similar to what they had found before. But when inspecting this one, they noticed that two of the trees were freshly taken. They looked like they had been twisted out, of, out from the roots. The trees themselves were about four inches in diameter, which really confused these guys. Who in the fuck could uh, twist a tree out of the ground like that? The coming week, the area had about two inches of rainfall, and they knew that all their cans collecting the rainwater would be full or overflowing, but when they got there, all the cans were laying on their sides empty. Now, something to note here is that the spout of these cans were in the center of of the top so if they had just been knocked over by the storm they'd at least be halfway full still hold the water yeah. right but when they inspected these cans they were bone dry so the guys assumed this site had been found and that whomever did it left those cans as more or less a warning but terry found something very interesting nearby he yells for danny and says hey man c come check this out over here check out these footprints they saw about three different sets of prints all appeared to be a, bare, a man's bare foot. The largest was well over 24 inches, and the smallest was about 12 inches in length. Almost at the same time, they both said Bigfoot. So right away, they discussed leaving the grow. But they decided, you know what? Fuck it. The, these things, they didn't hurt the grow. They might have just been thirsty and just wanted some water. So we're not going to hold it against them. We're going to stay here. And keep doing what we're doing. Fast forward three months, and one day they were hiking in on the trail surrounded by seven foot tall brush. So thick you couldn't see three feet in, and they started to hear grunting noises coming from both sides. At this point, they realize that they're being flanked and basically have two choices leave and never come back, or fire their pistols in the air to try and scare them off. Either of these choices were basically a gamble, but they decided that losing about $200,000 in weed 
wasn't worth it. So they pulled their guns and fired four rounds off. Everything went dead quiet and the guy stood still for the next 10 minutes or so. They make it to the grow and start tending to the plants and leave. Well, a few days later, as they were making their way to the trail, they hit the clearing where the trail started and there were several large logs laid across their trail. So it appears that the pistol stunt more or less pissed them off. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you're pretty much not welcome here. Right. Furthermore, the guy still said, fuck it, and went to the camp. Danny said that the site looked like a fucking steamroller plowed through it. Every single plant was smashed into the ground or ripped out. The cans were gone, and the catches were ripped to shreds. The boys ended up calling it quits after that. They left the site and never returned. <laughs> I can't say I blame them. No, not at all. Here you got Danny. He just wanted to go out, make a buck, start a little garden. Little did he know he's dealing with fucking Hasquatch coming through, trying right. to get his fucking weed. I don't know. It's Well, and it's kind of messed up because more or less everything was going relatively smooth except for when you decided to fire your guns at yeah. him. And then that pissed him off. Yep. He said no more. Now it's it's also hard telling what that that flanking tactic was when they were walking through the you know where they just walking through the brush around the same time the Bigfoot were there. Were they were they waiting or were they waiting for them? Basically telling them like, hey, this is our area. You need to get out of here. Yeah. Which could very well be the case. Hash squatches are unpredictable. I would agree. And they're very particular of their property. And which yes. I don't blame them. Yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's 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 wild. You hear so many so many examples of where people feel like they're being stalked. Yeah. By Bigfoot. Right. And the weird thing is so we go back to the ever-evolving debate. Now, this clan of Bigfoot makes me think they are basically a living creature. Because why would an interdimensional being lay claim to a piece of property? You know what I mean? Yeah. What? Now, that's not to say that there aren't ever-evolving things, that maybe there are more or less different kinds of Bigfoot. Yeah, which, I mean, maybe maybe it's some sort of spiritual entity that can take up a physical form. I, it's like, possible. That's what I was going to say next is, like, maybe maybe there's, like, some old world mysticism that we just don't know shit about. Yeah, maybe, and depending on, like, what is the specific history of that that particular geographical location, that particular piece of land... You know, yeah, is is there some sort of deep deep rooted history there? And these these things are have been there for centuries, protecting that piece of property. You know, because they already had their shit set up before old boy came in to plant his weed crop. Right. You know, they yeah, had for sure. They had their little structures and huts set up. It kind of sounds like if they would have kept if he would have kept looking all over this mountain or wherever it was, there were probably more if he found two. Yeah, I would just assume. walking that one trail. I would assume. So it it just makes you wonder: are they are they tied to specific geographical locations? Are they? Well, and then there's then there's the old, which I still can't find the stupid freaking story. I even sick, sick Discord on it, where I heard a story about the Indians basically summoning. Uh, I don't know. I remember if it was Dogman or the Bigfoot, basically to combat one or the other. I heard, I've heard that too somewhere. So, you know, like we were just saying, is this some old world mysticism shit that, I mean, for lack of better explanations, did some native tribes bring forth this entity, open the door for it or whatever you want to call it, and allowed them in, you know, and now they're here, they reside here, which would give them a mystical attribute yeah, that's, along that's with true. a physical attribute, 
to you kind know? of maybe even maybe this particular thing was site specific. Maybe they were brought in to protect this mountain. Or yeah, I've heard that about dogmen. That dogmen protect certain sites. Maybe not all of them, but I've heard that you can find them a lot around Indian burial grounds and shit like that. So it is. Yep. Wouldn't that be crazy Dude, if like it's so weird? It, there's there's evidence pointing both ways. You yeah, know, there's enough argument. Like, if is it a is it a physical creature? Well, it's physical enough to where people have it, it can knock it can throw things it can you can hit it with a semi you can hit it with the yeah you can hit it with a semi you can shoot at it it pushes trees over it it in some in some aspects can attack you and and all that which which is evidence for it being a physical actual flesh and blood being but then on the other hand it's like how how is it so elusive for so long? Yeah. How how has there never ever ever been a body? Which I mean, how how many would you have to cover up to make sure that there is no no bodies are recovered ever? It's possible that they bury their dead. It could be, it could be, like but where that one that was hit by the semi and put out of its misery, other big, like- other bigfoot sure as fuck didn't bury him. I feel like the government probably took that one. Yeah, are there are there like cleaner teams that go around and and deal with this shit? Wouldn't that be crazy to find out that there was there's special teams to go deal yeah, with these like, types of things? Like spec ops, spec ops, cl- Bigfoot cleaning teams. Which it, it, it probably would, wouldn't just it be wouldn't Bigfoot. Shock me. No, it, probably it'd be like, like everything. Cryptid cleaners. <laughs> but I mean how how many more have been how many more have been hit by vehicles? You know, right? Uh, yeah, ev- everything gets hit. Well, by there's one, bears, there's another. Mountain lions. It just, I don't know, man. There, there being no, no body ever ever brought forth to prove that they exist, really is a red flag. But you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people seeing seeing something. something. Like I said before, all it takes is for one of those thousands of reports to have actually seen a Bigfoot for it to be real. Right. And the the other thing that kind of weirds me about Bigfoot is that it has to be a passive creature, right? For the most part. Because you don't hear very, at least I haven't heard very many stories of a Bigfoot ripping people in half when it's obviously got the power to do it without question. If that thing is seriously eight to 10 feet tall and built like a silverback, it would easily rip us apart. Right. Unless, but for the most part, what's it do? It'll throw some rocks at you. It'll yell at you, grunt at you. Try to not cause conflict. Right. And then like you were pointing out earlier, the fact that they are so elusive, it makes me wonder a couple different things here. Are they are they so deep into the wilderness that they are just naturally skittish of things that they don't know, like a lot of wild animals are? Or have they had contact with humans in the past and decided, we need to stay away from these motherfuckers? Yeah, these dudes are going to try to kill us and eat us. There you go. Here, here they're terrified of us when we're just trying to stay the fuck away from them. Yeah, I mean, and on on the opposite side of that coin, you hear all these people that go off into the woods and are never found again. Maybe they are getting ripped to shreds, and maybe they're not leaving any evidence behind. Hey, I'm not ruling that out. You know, because you can't. The I mean, the dead don't talk. So if, especially if you're in a Sasquatch stomach, that's true. And assuming. But these, I mean, these things have to be smart. They have to be cunning. Oh yeah, to constantly be able to evade us. Because I, there's so many questions I have about it. Yeah, and then the the other aspect of it too is that I know that like people like to downplay the size of the forest out there. Like, oh, there's there's we've been everywhere out there. The fuck we have. Yeah. The fuck yeah. we have. I'm not saying you might not find a piece of trash out there because people are disgusting. 
and trash tends to move. But that doesn't but, mean it's been explored. No. Fuck no. Like, there, there have to be mountains and there's places in the Rockies that, that people probably, like, people have never stepped foot on hundreds of square miles or hundreds it. of square acreage that probably hasn't seen but two humans its entire existence. Guarantee it. In in Washington State, up up north Washington, fucking Canada, there's, yeah. there's so much ground that is not populated well and then the other thing that fucking irks me about that now that we're on to that <laughs> let's roll so you have you know for example you take uh an old aztec pyramid that you know let's just say i got it uh found yesterday okay you know this has been elusive for x amount of years but the pyramid doesn't move so just because you walked this unexplored place today and found nothing doesn't mean that tomorrow Bigfoot won't be walking exactly where you went. Yeah. And you know, you're not looking there because you quote unquote done been there. Yeah. Well, it's the, just like exploring the fucking ocean. The the Megalodon isn't going to be sitting in one spot waiting for you to find him. Right. You know, it, <laughs> but people like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just, it's probably just the arrogance of mankind that we just, Oh, we've done been we, there. Yeah, we didn't we find nothing. We looked, he's not there. Exactly. And it's just, it's mind-blowing, because you could, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, and, could, I could give a million examples. Yeah, and there's, there's reports of them living underground. You know, them living <laughs> them living in caves, them like living the in these cave massive system. cave systems. Yeah, there there was just a report that came out. Um, somebody saw two huge ape-like creatures. I want to think it was in Kentucky. Kentucky stood out in my mind, because it's always going to stand out in my mind, but of two... Big, essentially Bigfoots walking into an old abandoned mine shaft. Okay. So the hunter was out hunting and he he heard it and by the time he turned around and looked, he watched them walk right into this. So that's kind of weird because that, I mean, that, it could be a couple different things, but my brain is firing like, okay, if they are cave dwelling entities, are they just sleeping in the cave and they come out during the day or they come out because we all know what happens when creatures stay in sheer darkness forever. Yeah. yeah. Their attributes change. So that, yeah, I, I, or, I almost or feel like does it suggest that there is a light source somewhere down there. Oh, could you imagine there just be giant fucking underground cities of Bigfoots? Be fucking crazy, Jesus! No, it still it amazes my amazes me about that forest that grows in the cave. How the fuck does that happen? Yeah, and I mean, you could have you could have all different kind of Bigfoot races down there, like the Dogman and the and all this yeah, other. They're just hanging out playing poker. Yeah, they just have their own little like boroughs. It's like New York City, you know. Everybody's got their own little town here, and and then the they they like barter they, and trade. And <laughs> they either exile people to the top, or the or some of them just get yeah. curious, like I just want to go see. Let's go look for a human. Yeah. I saw a human the other day. I hope that's the case. They're like, no, you fucking didn't. Those don't exist. Come on, John. <laughs> I swear I saw a human. I was out. I was in my tree stand, and this human looked right at me. <laughs> he was every bit of five foot six. <laughs> <laughs> Little bee thing. Why are we scared of them again? They, they, it's so they weird. Their skin just blends in. It's like anytime I'm in the forest, their skin just blends in with the forest around them. And they have these... <laughs> They have these boomsticks they carry around. And <laughs> oh, geez. But I don't, there's a lot of... I just wish a Bigfoot would call our show. A demon did call our show. Yeah. Not to I, change the subject. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, totally did. We'll probably play that for you guys one day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just speechless by it. I don't even know what to do. Like, I heard it, and I'm like, what the actual fuck? And, and we're saying that with a comedic tone, not a serious tone, because it is... It is comedic value, yeah. yes. But anyway, back to Bigfoot. So, yeah, Bigfoot is just crazy. And I, please, if someone has fucking heard that story about the Indians fighting Bigfoot, fighting Dogman, the the cage match, triple threat... Texas, please, please Chainsaw, fucking send match. it to me. I've been trying to refine this story forever. And I cannot find it. It's 
But basically, the the humans double cross the dogmen and Bigfoot, and then it just oh, gets really bad. Classic human move. Yeah. So I'm still trying to find that story. As if, as if not having an entire race of dogman pissed off at us, we're also going to piss off right. the Sasquatch. Right. I can't. I almost want to say that the and the weed hippie Bigfoot, Sasquatches, the hash squatches. That's. I'm, I we need to make a hash squatch shirt. I want to say the Bigfoot was summoned, created by the natives, to combat dogman. Because yeah, one dog, of, one of them was taking people. In my brain, dogman sound. Dogman feels much more nefarious. Vicious. Yes. Yeah. Like if if there was if there was one of those two creatures we needed help against, it's probably going to be the dogman. That's what I'm thinking. Like so, we call would, on Bigfoot. Who would be very smart to summon Dogman to fight Bigfoot? No, because Dogman just wants to kill everything. Right. That's that's my impression. That's that's their mo. Kill everything. I f- I'm with Get you. Get you that. into the woods, murder you. I I'm with you. They want to murder the Bigfoots. They want to murder. Uh, the chupacabras, they want to murder That's Mothman. probably why there's no more chupacabra sightings yeah. of late. Yeah. Dogman ate them all. They have systematically annihilated the entire chupacabra population. Wouldn't that be fucking crazy? They want one cryptid to rule them all. So he, so the dogmen are just going cryptid by cryptid, just eliminating everything. Well, dogmen. That's why there's no, no Pisaw birds left. Dogman. The Dogman. I will tell you two opponents that you're going to have a hell of a time with. Bigfoot. Unless you fight Bigfoot in numbers, good fucking luck. And the ever nefarious Wendigo. Good luck. And the Kraken. Because it's underwater. Touche. <laughs> you got to be in his realm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good luck fighting that guy. And, yeah. Look, look, the the Mothman, the Mothman's just, the, they've scared the Mothman so much, it's resorted just to hanging outside O'Hare Airport. Right. They're like, we're Waiting not even going to. catch gonna, a flight out of yeah, here. Yeah, we're not even going to go near the woods because the dogmen just kill everybody. The goatmen, there ain't any goatmen left. Yeah. Because dogman has, has went through and killed them all. Bat squatches, they're gone. Thanks, dogman. Thanks. We are witnessing... Speaking of which, maybe one day we will find extinction. Steve's Wendigo. Steve has Wendigos. Yeah, we might. I might. I don't know. I haven't. I guess. I guess I should share this story. But what's it's whatever. I'll buy some sick ninja stars. Yeah, that's gonna help. And we have the face skinners now. So I talked about it on the Discord a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I know it's never brought up because I never really think about it until we start talking about Wendigos. Maybe I should save the story for a Wendigo show. You think so? Probably. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But we do need to shout out Harrison. Oh, yeah. My dude. True, 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 true. Harrison made us some sick-ass knives. He calls them the face skinners. They are dope. So I'm with it. I I just want to shout out everybody. Everybody's been sending us a bunch of cool shit. Like, we got the monster cooler, (laughs) which is fucking dope. We got the the face skinning knives, which is also dope. Uh, we got uh, the guy from Titan Granite STL has reached out. He wants to make us a tabletop for the podcast room, <laughs> so that's going to be fucking sick. Yeah, that's going to be fucking crazy, which he's going to try to etch the logos into the granite for us, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, the, what the, is this world? the simple fact that all these people are reaching out supporting to us help us is, is fucking is awesome. nuts. It's awesome. It, I can't... I, like me and Steve cannot get over everybody's helping us, wanting to see us grow. Having such a team wanting to see us succeed is humbling. Yeah, and to you, Mr. Ozzy, this isn't lazy filler ass. <laughs> Kyle's fired yeah, up. Start me on that one. Kyle's fired up. We got a bad review and they called this They called me lazy. They called us lazy and that kinda hit Kyle the wrong way. I take it personally <laughs> when you call me lazy see what you've done i don't like to Do be called see what you've done lazy now this is like, where we're at it's ridiculous because here we go steve i get, tried to warn you steve will get bent over some of them and i'm like bro it's not that bad it's whatever who cares and then i read this one and i'm like holy shit <laughs> 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 
I'm like, usually it's me telling you to calm down. Now it's the other way around. No, because it's it's usually the worst because I'm always the one looking at the five star rating and reviews because I read true. them off. This is true. But now we get notifications every week or every month in our email, and I try to catch them before Kyle sees them. <laughs> I did not. Yeah, I beat him to the punch on that one. It's not that bad. It's just it's I don't it's, like being called lazy. Yeah, it's it's not even a one star. It's a two star. So I mean, the criticism could have been a fucking four. It could have been a five star. <sighs> I'm and trying, I still I'm would have been mad. Make it better, but it's not making it it's any better. It's not going to be better. It's not going to be. So there is that. It's the end of the world. As we know it. And I'm pushing the big red button. <laughs> it's time to fly. We have derailed. Bring yeah. it back around. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks for you. listening to some Bigfoot stories. If anybody has Bigfoot stories of their own, um, definitely reach out Get to us, us, especially not limited to but especially locally i've had some experiences that i'm kind of trying to tie together might be a wendigo might be dog man shit i don't know it was weird there was some weirdness that i'll go into in a future episode yeah steve trust but, me we'll go up there sometime and, and fight wendigos i'm curious well i'm gonna wait till there's no ticks in the forest first i don't off, think they're gone now they're the bane of my existence well i'm out there every day and i haven't had one in a while fuck them. but they are terrible until, yeah, what I was saying. If you had any local Bigfoot experiences around our area, you know where we're at. Uh, the Illinois River Bottom specifically. Please reach out and let us know. I know there's tons of hunters around. Everybody's in the woods all the time. Just curious. Yeah, for sure. And until next time, stay safe. Stay weird. And don't let hippie hash squatch ruin your crop bigfoot bong ripper bigfoot bong ripper cops try to snatch my crops <laughs>